Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are discussing the... When did this movie come out? 2010? 2009? 2009? 2009? Somewhere. 2009. 2009's Avatar. Not the last airbender. The James Cameron vanity project. This was a big project for him. He started writing this back in 1994, and he wanted to release it in 1999. However, the technology didn't exist yet, and he didn't want to compromise, you know. And what he wanted to do was very expensive, and none of the studios would pick it up. So it kind of got set aside. And then when Peter Jackson did Lord of the Rings... Mm. James Cameron saw how Gollum turned out, and he said, I think the technology is here. I think it's time. Didn't they, like, kind of create a 3D technology that they used for the film itself? They did. It was really fascinating. So I watched this hour-and-a-half documentary on this thing, or behind-the-scenes thing, on how they created this movie, created the sounds, created the creatures, because this is like a whole new world. (laughs) So everything was created. It's a new fantastic point of view. Yeah, everything had to be created. But the the way they were shooting was really interesting because they were shooting the actors with all that mocap stuff on. Mm-hmm. But then they were able to see it on screen like as they were doing it cool. and then show the actors so the actors would know what they're actually interacting with. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. And then, of course, they were shooting this, like you said, in 3D as right. they were going also. Really interesting stuff. If you ever, if you really like this movie and you ever have an hour and a half to sit and watch a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, it is very interesting to to see how they made this movie. Okay, very cool. Okay, but you didn't see this in 3D the first time around, right? You saw this on video the first time? Correct. On DVD. On DVD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I... Back then, I really wasn't going to the movie theater very often. I That's just not something I was doing. So I was mainly renting, probably from Blockbuster, <laughs> videos as they came out. Was Blockbuster still a thing back then? I don't know. Either that or was Netflix a thing yet? I don't know. Netflix it was, was a thing. It was it was the mail-in. You had to mail. They'd mail you a DVD. I, and you would... I did do that mail-in Netflix. Uh, Man, that did. seems like such a long time ago. A lifetime ago, but it was really only like 10, maybe 15 years ago. Wow. I don't remember which platform, you know, it was a Blockbuster or Netflix. I just remember it was, I saw my rented and I watched it and I don't think I've seen it since then. I watched it once. Okay. Yep. Now, I I went and saw it in theaters. Paul, my friend, and I were very excited about the idea of this new technology, this new 3D technology. And so we went and saw this in a 3D theater in like a really high-end 3D theater over in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, which, I mean, it, it was fantastical. I mean, the 3D that they use in this movie gives the film depth. It's not the, you know, look at the eye I plucked out, you know, stand, you know point it right at the camera thing. Right. It's more of a, you know, in the jungle on Pandora, the beast that's arriving to, like, attack Jake is just slowly coming in from the background and you can see it and it's like in 3D, like you know how far away it oh, is. Oh, that makes me almost feel like I want to see it in 3D. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's really it's really an interesting and a very, a very, it was quite the experience. And this was what, 2009, right? So, yeah. I mean, now I, I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do with this next one. Yeah, if he's doing anything else innovative or... 
if he's just continuing the story. I mean, it's James Cameron. He's always going to innovate. One of the things that was pointed out, too, was people that worked with James Cameron, while he was creating all this technology, they said he still focused on the story. He didn't want to create a 3D movie. He wanted to create a movie that had story that happened to be in 3D. So that was really important to him. So he did try and put together a cohesive story, you know, along with making it look cool. Mm. Well, I guess we'll find out if it was successful as we talk about it. Yeah. Now, I do want to point out this was the winner of three Oscars, one for Best Achievement in Cinematography, Best Achievement in Visual Effects, and Best Achievement in Art Direction. Makes sense. But none of the... None like of the big ones. The arts, or not art, excuse me, the the director or... Best motion picture. It was it writer. was nominated for all that, but it did not win. It was nominated for best motion picture? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Who else was involved? Who was the, the cinematographer that won the award? Do you know that? The cinematographer that won is Mauro Fiori? I don't know who that is. I don't either, and I'm sure I'm butchering that name, and I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) What? You butchering names? Come on. (laughs) Kind of goes with the territory for me, I guess. (laughs) All right, so this was written and directed by James Cameron. So he wrote this. He directed it. I did kind of mention that already. This stars Sam Worthington as Jake Sully, Zoe Saldana as Natiri, Sigourney Weaver as Dr. Grace Augustine, Stephen Lang as Colonel Miles Quaritch. The blind man. Yeah, I know. At first I was like, where do I know this guy from? I know this guy from something. I had he, to look him up. He's the blind man from the, the one movie. The, uh, the, the, Be quiet. You know. Don't breathe. Yeah, that's the one. Be quiet. Don't breathe. Shut up. <laughs> Etc. Giovanni Rabisi as Parker Selfridge and Michelle Rodriguez as Trudy Chacon. Now, there's a ton of other people, but I'm going to try and keep the list shorter to some of the more people that have more screen time i guess right yeah i mean there's uh, another person working on the avatar thing joel david moore who plays norm spellman but that's like literally the only other person that i recognized in this he's in like i don't know you, you probably remember from dodgeball he was in dodgeball yep do you remember him from that i do i had to okay. look that up though too i'm like i know this guy from somewhere too where the oh. heck is it see i remember him from there was a there was an an underground horror movie called hatchet mm. and and he was in the uh, he was in the uh, the very first one of those and uh, and i i remember him in that movie i thought he was i think he's the director of the movie too if i'm not mistaken but i could be wrong no, or he's friends with the director or something like that. I don't know. He's in an underground an underground horror movie that's that was supposed to be like a throwback to the '80s slasher movies called Hatchet, and that's where I recognize him from mostly. So okay, but what he's about, barely in this really. What about the main actor Sam Worthington? Now he looks so familiar, but as I'm looking through <laughs> his filmography, I I don't recognize any of these. Shows that I maybe would have seen him in. Sam Worthington is... Nope, I lied. Under the Banner of Heaven. We just watched that recently. I think that's why I'm thinking that I I know this guy from somewhere. Yes. He's also a... He's kind of a character actor more than anything else these days, I think. I don't really know him from a whole lot. I think he was in Terminator Salvation is the only other place that I 
recognize him from. Although, if I'm not mistaken, he actually is in one of the Call of Duty video games. He plays one of the main characters in the Call of Duty video games. Mm. And so I might remember him from that as well. If I'm not mistaken, that's what he was in. I kind of came down on, I think he just has one of those faces that he looks familiar. He's got like a familiar looking face, like, like not super distinguishing for any reason. Not mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm not saying he's not attractive. I'm just saying he looks like the average Joe. And so right. maybe that's why I'm feeling like, I feel like I've seen this guy somewhere, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, of course we know Zoe Saldana. We know Sigourney Weaver who has worked with James Cameron before. This movie feels a lot like Alien. In aliens, excuse me, in a lot of ways. The whole company looking to, like, you know, take advantage of, like, an alien species and putting people in harm's way and blah, blah, blah type of a thing. They're only after one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get into that, I guess. But, yeah. So, should we just jump in now? Let's do it. Okay. So, on the planet Pandora, a paralyzed Marine named Jake Sully is recruited by an invading force of humans who are after a rare metal called unobtainium have you heard of unobtainium before jen no <laughs> unobtainium is they call it that you never heard you've heard the term technobabble right yeah okay so technobabble it's is exactly what unobtainium is it is a material within like the tv gener the tv engineering jargon a material that would be perfect for our purposes if we can get it, which we can't. Okay. So, like, that's the idea, is unobtainium is a, it's a MacGuffin. It's okay. literally, the a, like, the scientific name for a MacGuffin, quote-unquote. I'm saying scientific and quote-unquote because it's just, it's just the scientific-sounding name that they gave to a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And James Cameron decided to name his MacGuffin, basically name the MacGuffin MacGuffin, unobtainium. <laughs> thought that was funny. He can do what he want. He made this movie. That's right. I just thought that was really funny and 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 a a bit of a a bit of a smirk and a nod to the audience a little bit to, you know kind of like yeah see we don't really care about that that's not why we're here right it's just the reason that we're going to send these people in to tell our story mm-hmm. yeah so Jake's brother Tommy had been training for several years to control an avatar which is a hybrid made from human DNA and DNA from the Navi which is one of the indigenous species on Pandora. But Tommy died unexpectedly, and Jake is his twin, so it makes him a DNA match for the rather expensive avatar which the corporation is concerned about. And uh, Grace goes and he meets the team. He meets Grace Augustine, and he meets Norm. But Grace is pissed off that the military has decided to bring in a grunt to replace her scientist who had trained for years and thinks that this is going to put her all behind schedule and thinks that he maybe is a mole. You know, she's suspicious of him. But she still puts him in the link because that's what she's supposed to do. The link is a device that allows him to send his consciousness into the avatar and while his body sleeps. Mm-hmm. So his human body sleeps, the avatar is awake. When the avatar body sleeps, his human body is awake. That's going to come into play later. And then when he when he jumps in and he well, he doesn't jump, he's paraplegic, I guess. So he 
when he's placed into the link <laughs> and he falls asleep, he wakes up in a giant blue cat-like body. And immediately he's like testing out his legs. Mm-hmm. So we know right off the bat that his legs being unusable is a huge issue for him. This is going to be something that they're going to try and use against him later. Right. Right. Uh, so they're just they're kind of setting that all up. The doctors are like, no, 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 take it out, take it easy, sit down, relax. You know, let your get you let yourself get used to this body. It's not like a normal human body. It's, you know, it's got different proportions or whatever. And he just kind of throws caution to the wind and takes off running, runs out of the facility. I mean, I can imagine if I hadn't had use of my legs for a few years, how great it would be. To suddenly be able to run or walk, not uh-huh. that I run now, but you know what I mean, like to be able to move on your own without needing a device to do it. Right, right. This whole setup here is interesting. We start with corporate not really caring that this guy is trained or not and what he's supposed to be doing. They just don't want to blow all this money that they've spent on this avatar. Mm-hmm. Because if he if he doesn't go and do this... They've they just got to scrap it because because right. without that DNA match, or yeah, the mm-hmm. DNA match, he the avatar is unusable. Right, they can't use it for anything. And you get the scientist who this is interesting is like, did the corporation bring in the military and the scientists? They obviously don't see eye to eye. They have different goals here in Pandora. It's an interesting setup to what we're going to get into in this movie. Yeah, I think the what we're going to find is that there is a second link station that was built outside of where the military could actually track it. Mm-hmm. I think the scientists have been there for some time just observing. Mm-hmm. But the military came in with the corporation. I think like maybe what we have here is kind of a situation like we had an alien, or an aliens, excuse me, where... They sent people to terraform a planet, and they interacted with that planet until the military needed to arrive, and then the military arrives and you know trying to save them. But in this case, it wasn't necessarily save; it was more of a you know the corporation controls the military and they control the scientists. You know? Well, and it is possible too that the scientists were there first. Mm-hmm. Maybe they found this metal or whatever the hell it is that is worth so much money. Unobtainium. And then they brought in the military because they, you know, want to start mining this crap or whatever. So that that's entirely possible. So mining this crap. So I wanted to point out yeah. a couple differences between the avatars and the Navi. Avatars have eyebrows and five digits on their hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that the avatars have five fingers. Yep. Or five, yeah, five fingers and the Navi only have four. Yep, and the Navi have no eyebrows and then four digits on their hands I and feet. I didn't notice yep. the eyebrow thing. Yep. You'd think I would notice the eyebrow thing. I I'm know, you're obsessed person. with eyebrows lately. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is, but here I am. Huh. I've got something else, but I'll save that for later. Okay. So... After they corral Jake, Grace is meeting up with Parker, who is kind of the lead person from the corporation. I don't think he's in charge of the corporation, but I think he's kind of like their representative. He's in charge of this mission he's or in this charge of the mission, project. Yeah. And she's also meeting with Colonel Quaritch, 
but she's mad because Parker interfered with the Avatar program, which was her, which is her department, which leads me to believe that she was told that they were going to be able to go there and explore. And then he comes in because they found this rare mineral and they mm-hmm. need, they want it. And so they bring the military to, you know, enforce that. Then, you know, bringing the scientists under the same, you know, purveyance or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. Jake and Grace and Norm go on a mission to explore Pandora and they get, they get split up. Well, not split up. Jake gets separated from the rest of the group and he's attacked by a bunch of wild animals, but he managed to survive. He gets saved by Natiri, who kills the creatures that are the creature that was attacking Jake. And then Jake says, thank you. And she's like, you know, you, you're an invader. You're not supposed to be here. You caused this animal to die. And she's upset that she had to kill this creature, which is, I mean, here we have a very stark contrast to the corporation that's like, I don't care what we have to do. We're going to do it to get this metal. This Mm -hmm. metal is more important than any of the creatures on this planet, Mm -hmm. any of the people on this planet. Mm -hmm. Kind of rings true today, doesn't it? So Natiri decided that she was going to save Jake because there was a spore from the home tree that, that kind of landed on her arrow when she was getting ready to shoot him. Mm-hmm. And that made her stop. That made her pause. Because apparently these things are, they're indicators from their deity, Ewa. Mm-hmm. So he asks her to help him learn how to defend himself. And she's going to refuse, but then thousands more of these spores land on him. So she knows something's up at -hmm. this point. So she brings him to the home tree and the elders of the tribe agree to let Jake stay there and let him be trained in their ways. But she only if Natiri will teach him everything Mm -hmm. about being Navi. She didn't really seem to be too keen on this. She's like, Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm going to get stuck with this guy. (laughs) Well, would you want the new guy? Come on. No, and especially because she was upset with him that she ended up killing that creature right. that she didn't want to kill. So the Navi seem like peaceful people, very environmental conscious, very different from what's happening from the earthbound people, I guess. Yeah, the invaders. Yeah. It's interesting because... The colonizers never care about what's going on on the land, but the people that are on any particular piece of land that's being invaded, they tend to know more about the land. They tend to be more connected to that space. Mm-hmm. In this sense, we're in this in this film, we're getting a sense that they are literally connected to the land. Like yep. when we when we see them at the tree of tree of souls, I think it's what it's called, and they're connecting to hear the ancestors' memories. I mean, you get this feeling that they are literally. But I mean, ans- I mean, you think about any kind of ancestral area. Think about like Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Russia's invaded Ukraine. Those people in Ukraine are very connected to that land. Their their families are buried there. Their families mm-hmm. have lived there for generations. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, mm-hmm. And the Russians don't care about that. They only care about taking that land. They only care about what's there that they want. Yeah. Do you know? I do think that is true, that they're connected with the land and the trees, because you see them connect to the tree through their braids. Yeah, they've got like a and, braid off the back of their head. Yeah, that looks like these little like 
tendrils. Like little worm-like things coming off the end. <laughs> they're, they're, they got little fingery things there. But Dr. Grace Augustine, at one point, she does say that the trees are all connected. That right. That I don't remember how exactly she said it, but it sounds like everything's connected on this this planet and if the navi are able to connect with the trees they're obviously all connected they can feel and sense everything i think at that point yeah yeah i think you're right then after he gets like brought in to like learn their ways everybody ends up going to sleep like the whole tribe goes to sleep and so does jake and so he wakes up in his human form and, you know, Grace tells him, you know, I'm pretty impressed that you managed to get in with the Na'vi because they're they're really tough to get in with. She wants him to find a peaceful solution to the humans getting what they want with no casualties to the Na'vi. But Colonel Quaritch meets with Jake and says, I want you to help me figure out how to beat the Na'vi. I don't care about a peaceful solution. We just need to get this done. He offers Jake a, a, an expensive surgery. Apparently... You know, paralyzation in this future is fixable, but the cost for it is very high. It's very expensive. And Korich offers to make sure that he can get that surgery if Jake helps him out. So Jake, of course, he's kind of on Team Korich at first. So Jake keeps going into the Avatar and meeting with the Navi and learning their language, learning how to ride their horses, learning how to ride or how to use the braids and link up with things, link link minds with the other creatures on Pandora because he can actually link to the horse that he's riding. He mm-hmm. and the horse become one. Mm-hmm. And later on, he's going to learn how to ride a Banshee, which is like a, like a pterodactyl looking thing. Mm-hmm. And you link to that as well. So... That was an interesting experience there too, because Jake has to has to bond with the Banshee. He can't just pick one and ride, because they bond for life, apparently. So when you bond with a Banshee, the Banshee is your Banshee for life. Mm-hmm. And the way that you do it is you climb this big structure. I don't know if it was a tree or what, but... You it was climb. like floating mountains or something, yeah, I think. Yeah. Something along those lines. And you climb up to where they nest, and the banshees, most of them will like kind of, you know, be standoffish, but there'll always be one that will like challenge you and try and kill you. Mm-hmm. And you have to tame it. Either you die or you fly. <laughs> This seems like a crazy thing to try. Who was the first person to right. try doing this? Yes, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, in the Navi culture, there had to have been like one guy. I'm going to try woman. and ride this thing. Right. One one person that went up there, tried to ride it, got killed, and they're like, aha, if we managed to not die, we could ride this thing. <laughs> this I like this part where Jake is able to get a banshee. Mm-hmm. Because you're starting to see the Navi accept him. You know, he's becoming one of them. Except for the one guy, and I don't remember his name. Yeah, he was supposed to be, he was promised to Natiri at first. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of jealousy and other stuff like that going on. But I, I like this whole thing. I want to talk quick about the animals in Pandora. Yeah. So 
all the animals have six legs instead of four. Interesting. When they were creating the Viper Wolf. um, The Viper Wolf. The Viper Wolf is the ones at the beginning, I believe, that were kind of surrounding him. The one that Natiri had to kill? Yeah, I, okay. I believe it's those ones. When they created it with the six legs, they felt like it looked graceful, yet more powerful. So they decided to add the extra limbs to both the land creatures and extra wings to the flying creatures. So every hmm. animal has extra limbs. Interesting. Now, some of the animal noises you hear these creatures make are recycled dinosaur noises from Jurassic Park. Oh, I know that. I could tell that right off the bat. So you have the T-Rex and the raptors for the most part, but there are other ones. But they also incorporated, along with those, other sounds. Stuff from baby animals, big cats, and hyenas. Some of the dinosaur sounds are just basically lifted straight out of Jurassic Park. Yeah, there was a few there. Yeah, but they, they were trying to create some new stuff. Now... When they were creating all this stuff, they wanted the look and the sound of the Navi and the animals to have an alien look, but they had everything based in something that you'd be familiar with. Mm. So you wouldn't be completely alienated (laughs) or turned off by something that was completely foreign. So like you would recognize this stuff, but it was all new. Like, oh, that's supposed to be a horse, or oh, that's supposed to be right. a wolf or something. Right, but okay. it doesn't sound like a horse. It just has that base in that horse sound. Right. Yep. While Jake is on these missions, whenever his avatar sleeps, his human form become, you know gets wakes up, and he keeps starts keeping these video logs. But he keeps two sets of logs. He keeps one set for Grace and one set for Quaritch. But eventually, he starts to miss the ones for Quaritch. And... The colonel starts to become suspicious that Jake isn't in the game. So he kind of brings it to him, and Jake's like, no, no, I just need more time to come with a diplomatic solution. You know, something that's going to work for both sides. Right. It. This is interesting. At this point, I feel like, why is he still working with this guy? But he still has the promise of new legs when he goes back home, you know? So yeah. that I think that's maybe what's keeping him in, but I feel like he's not as in it because he's grown to know these people. He likes these people. You know, I, I don't know. I the from the very beginning, I wasn't really sure why he even accepted to be like the spy person. But I thought, well, he's ex-military, so I'm sure it just he's felt not like ex-military. He's still military. He's still military. Yeah. Okay, he was still active. So. That's just what you do, right, in the military? The colonel tells you to do something, you do it? As far as I understand it, I've never been in the military, but I have been yeah. around the military for most of my life, and as I understand it, that is how it works. All right. So yeah, he's got a dilemma here. He does have a dilemma. He does, however, pick a side pretty early on. Mm-hmm. So actually, just in this next bit, you know, Natiri takes him to... This uh, this sacred place where the Navi go to hear the memories of their ancestors through a connection to Awa, which is actually made with that braid. This is what I was talking about before. And uh, she tells Jake when he's there that he's going to be made part of the clan officially, which means he's going to have a say in things. He's going to have a solid position within the clan, and it allows him to choose a woman. And of course, he chooses Natiri because otherwise, this movie wouldn't you know there wouldn't be any wouldn't make any sense for this, these two to be together if they weren't together as far as movie stuff goes. Even though in real life you could, you know, 
totally have it be different, but whatever. So he chooses Natiri, and they have braid sex? <laughs> they connect their braids, and they do the Navi Nasty? I, I guess. guess so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But Natiri tells him, because they did that in the presence of Ewa, that they're mated for life. Which is going to piss that other dude off like something fierce. Right. So they, they fall asleep. And of course, we know that when they, when Jake sleeps, his human is awake. And Natiri wakes up the next morning to the sounds of a bulldozer coming through the forest on its way to the trees that they're in. These trees of Ewa. And she tries to wake Jake, but he, he's not yet back in his link pod. And it's this race to get him back in his link pod. He's excited. He wants to get back there because he wants to be with Natiri. He wants to be on Pandora or mm-hmm. out in the wild in Pandora. And so he has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows except for Natiri and the, the humans that are actually doing the bulldozing. But then he finally, like... Like he's trying to jump in the capsule, and Grace is like, "No, no, no! You got to eat. You've been you've been out for hours. You need to eat." So he's he's like scarfing down food and finally jumping, and he's still chewing as they're putting him under. Yeah. And uh, he wakes up, and the bulldozer is upon them, and he tries to like motion them off by like waving his arms, but they're not, of course, not listening. They think he's just another one of the locals, and so he gets mad, and he he goes onto the bulldozer and he damages the cameras that allow the driver to see. But just before he does that, the colonel gets a look at what's going on and who it is that's doing it. And he recognizes Jake's avatar as being the one that sabotaged the bulldozer. So he starts to, he realizes now that Jake has switched sides. Jake is with the locals, with the Navi. Mm-hmm. So that corporate guy, whatever the heck his name Parker. was. Parker. Which is interesting because there was a Parker in Alien. Okay. The original Alien. And all he was worried about was money. So he has a little speech he gives before this. I think this is a little bit before this. And he says, well, he doesn't really want to kill anybody because killing indigenous people looks bad. Right. Looks bad, not but, is bad. But giving the board bad quarterly revenues is really worse. Again, they only they only care about their bottom line. They just line. care about the dollar. Yep. That's it. Or whatever the money is. Well, the unobtainium. They're there for the unobtainium. Yeah. Unobtainium. Whatever currency, that's all they care about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that hangs over this whole thing, which makes me wonder because by the time we're done with this, they're the the humans are driven off Pandora. By the time this movie's over. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to spoil that anyway, so I'm not... I mean, and plus, it's a movie that's, what, more than 10 years old now? Yeah. 13 years old now? What's the new movie going to be about? What's the... What's going to be the driving force in the new movie or the, the antagonist in the new movie? I... Even though they drove the humans off, you don't think they're going to try and come back again? 13 years later? I mean, I guess there's no guarantee that it was the same amount of time in Pandora right, Universe. Right, world. we don't know how time... much time is going to pass there. But, and I'm not saying that's what this is about. I don't know what the new one's going to be about. But right. I feel like human beings, they're not going to give up. There is well, a resource that is there that they want. They're going to keep trying that, to get it. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. 
So the tribe gathers back at the home tree, and they accost Jake, Grace, who's there in her avatar form. They accost Grace and Jake for bringing the Sky People with them. Meanwhile, back at the base, Korich is breaking into the Link pods and disrupts the Links for Jake and Grace. And Grace goes to Parker to plead for more time, but he wants Korich to attack home tree, which is which sits upon the richest unobtainium deposit on Pandora. He agrees to let Jake and Grace link up again to try to get the Navi out of home tree so that there won't be any any casualties. This is where he says the the uh, the whole look, it's going to look bad if we kill locals or, you know, natives or whatever. Right. So how kind of him to right, let them to go and try and try and get them out. I mean, he's going to destroy their home, but, you know, maybe he can get some of them out. Well, think about it like, you know, government does this all the time. Imminent yeah. domain. They come in and take what they want. Yeah. You know, whether oh, yeah, you are can, still there or not. Well, yeah, you, you can, quote unquote, own property or whatever, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Any local federal state government can take whatever they want. So mm-hmm. it's not really yours. It's so. always a bigger fish. Yeah. As Qui-Gon once said. I really don't like these corporate people. <laughs> ah, welcome to the team. <laughs> so <laughs> so they are trying to convince the tribe to leave and Jake has to admit that he has known that the humans were coming the whole time, but that he ended up falling in love with Natiri and he ended up falling in love with Pandora but Natiri feels betrayed, and she tells him to get the hell out. But before he can, the tribe ties him and Grace up just as the military arrives to destroy Home Tree. Now, they didn't give them that much time Mm-mm. at all. No. Like, what, 10 minutes? Well, they said an hour to try and get them out, but they... That wasn't even an hour. I, well, obviously no way. not on there, but... Who knows? Who knows how long it took them to get from there to here to there? Who knows? Meh. I think it was shitty. I think it was one of those things where they were like, well, we're going to tell them that they can do this, but we're still going to do it. Well, at this point, does Parker even care if these two people die or not? I don't think he does. No. So why just let him go do it and then then he doesn't have to sit and listen to them. Right. The only thing would be his expensive avatars are going to be gone. Right. But if he's got a huge mine, a huge mine of unobtainium, that's going to matter. That's not going to matter. It's just a write-off at that point, right? No. Yeah. So during the battle, Natiri's mother, Moat, unties Jake and Grace and says that if they are truly Navi, they're going to help them fight the humans. So Jake and Grace join the battle. One of the aircraft pilots, Trudy, that's the Michelle Rodriguez character, she's sympathetic to the Navi and to Grace and Jake's cause, and she refuses to fight. She takes off. But Home Tree ends up falling under the attack, literally falling over. And this is this is a huge tree. This is a tree bigger than any tree that you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And it literally falls over. It kills tons of the Navi, including Natiri's father. This was hard to watch. This was devastating. Yeah. I mean, it's a tree coming down, but this is their home. Right. This is something very important to them. And like we talked before, everything's connected. They mm-hmm. feel all this. Oh, yeah. I... I was like tearing up a little bit because I was like, yeah. this is really tough. And it was very violent too. It wasn't just like somebody came in and like took your house. It was somebody coming in. Imagine somebody coming to your door and basically just shooting a gun at your door until it falls, until your, until your house right. falls Right, they were over. just shooting missiles or bombs mm-hmm. at this thing like yep. over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. 
Until the until the tree fell. Yep. So Quaritch back at the base ends up breaking Jake and Grace's links again, and he puts them with Norm in a prison cell. But Trudy, the pilot, she breaks them out, helps them escape, and the group heads. They steal a they steal a, an aircraft and they head to the floating mountains, which is where they had a their first link station was up there. In the scuffle to escape. Grace is shot and mortally wounded. As soon as they arrive at the original Link station, Jake jumps into his Link and jumps into his avatar and tries to repair his bond with the Navi. He takes his Banshee and he goes and he goes after this creature called the Lenoptex? I don't remember exactly how they said it. Yeah, I don't remember. I think they only said it once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. And that creature is actually a creature that had attacked him and Natiri while they while he was learning how to fly the banshee. Right. And he bonds with this thing. He manages to form a bond with it, mm-hmm. and then he flies it to the Tree of Souls, which is where the Navi have relocated. And he shows up on this thing, and they're like, "Holy shit! This guy? Where did he come from?" Right, and there's history with this creature that only, what, like five or six people in their whole history of being have been able to bond with. Right. So it's like a pretty impressive thing that he was able to do it. Yeah, hugely impressive. So he begs them for help. He says, Grace is dying. we We need to get her help. And the Navi bring Grace and her avatar to the tree where Moat performs a ritual to try and put Grace's consciousness into her avatar permanently. But her injuries are too great. And Grace dies. Which is Which sad. She she says earlier in the movie, when Jake says he's been to this tree, she says, I'd die to see this place. Oh, interesting. I didn't think that. Yeah. Okay. And, and she says, I'd love to... I'd love to test it or take samples or something like that. And then as right. she's dying, she says, I need to get samples. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Jake gives a big impassioned speech about how the Sky people are coming and the Navi need to enlist all the other clans on Pandora. So they send out a bunch of scouts. And Quaritch sees on the radar, we're getting, we're building up now to this big final battle. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of going back and forth between the humans prepping and the Navi prepping. And Quaritch sees a radar that shows the number of Navi in the area are starting to swell into the thousands. So he decides that they have to attra- attack the Tree of Souls. Back on Pandora, off the military base, Jake is talking to Awa, and he asks Awa to help his people, the Navi. He says, you know, he says, I, I really need you to help us stop the sky people from, you know, from destroying us. Mm-hmm. But Natiri says that Ewa doesn't take sides. She protects the balance of life. There's no sides. There's no good, no bad. There's only life mm-hmm. in Ewa's eyes. Humans send in ground troops and the final battle for the Tree of Souls commences. The humans have the upper hand, but just in that moment when everything seems lost... All the other life forms, not the other clans, but like the wild animals of Pandora join the fight. Mm -hmm. You said everything is connected. They know something's not right. They know these sky people are invading. Awa was able to send them. Awa sent them, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the tide begins to turn. 
Jake makes a play to take out Quaritch. So he fights the colonel who is in this mech suit and uh, he manages to break like the glass enough that the, that the colonel just rips it off and then puts on a gas mask because the oxygen or the air on Pandora is toxic to humans. Mm-hmm. Not, when they're in, not when they're in avatar form, but when they're in human form. Right. So he's got like a mask on so he can actually talk to Jake. And, uh, you know, they, they, he, he taunts him or a couple of times or whatever, but he fights the colonel. And while they're fighting, he realizes, the colonel realizes that the link station is there. They're fighting in the floating mountains. So he sees the link station and he's like, that's, that's where he's connected. Mm-hmm. And he smashes it, mm-hmm. which lets oxygen or the atmosphere in and causes Jake's human form to start to choke. He can't breathe. And his link starts to become unstable, which allows Quaritch to kind of get the upper hand. But Natiri comes to Jake's rescue and kills the colonel with a few arrows to the chest, which I thought was appropriate because he mocks them using arrows early on right. when they're trying to defend Home Tree against his attack. Mm-hmm. And she, they're shooting arrows at him. And he's like, arrows, this, is, this like it's not like it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to die by the arrow. Right. I thought that was appropriate. But she kills him. So this whole final battle, mm-hmm. I'm assuming in 3D this looked pretty cool. Because it looks pretty cool not in 3D. It's very visual, a mm-hmm. lot of action, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm trying hard to remember what it looked like in 3D. Mm-hmm. I just remembered being in awe of like the quieter moments in 3D. Like the, the scene where like the spores are coming down on Jake. Yeah, is fantastic because they're they're not just in front of you. They're deep. They're on his shoulder. That's away from the the lens. They're they're everywhere, right? And they're in and out of focus depending on where they are. And then the scene where where home tree falls, there's ash in the air and it's floating around mm. in front and behind. So it's a very involved thing. But I don't remember this battle. Okay. In three D. Okay. So I don't know. I'd All love right. to see it in 3D again. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to see it in 3D again, so I'm glad that I did see that that the first time. So sure, yeah. sure, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. I I like the the animals in here. Mm-hmm. You get to see them helping the Navi f- fight. Well, some of these animals I think are bonded with some of the Navi, so they're right. they're working together. But you get to see Pandora's. You know, living creatures come Pandora and defend it. Back. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like this a lot. Yeah. See, I don't understand why you never said you were like meh about this movie because this movie has all the hallmarks of a gen movie. <laughs> Natiri finds Jake's human form and manages to help him get his mask on just in time. And she says, I see you, which is Navi for not just I love you, but I recognize you. I recognize your soul. It's kind of like the light in me recognizes the light in you kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she saves his life by getting the oxygen mask on. She knows that this is her Jake, Mm -hmm. even though he's not in the Avatar. But later at the Tree of Souls, after the battle, Moat and Natiri do the the same ritual that they tried with Grace Mm -hmm. to put Jake permanently into his Avatar. He's abandoned his humanity, and he is is Navi. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it works this time. Right. And we end when his eyes open as his consciousness is permanently transferred. Yeah. Now, these two rituals they did, I thought another 
cool visual where you have all the Navi on the ground and they're all swaying in unison. And they're and, all connected. Yeah. I with Super their, with cool looking. Braids, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So do you have any other notes then? I mean, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, it is so. the end of the movie. I do have a few other things okay. if you didn't have anything else to add in at the end there. I well, I did that... all my talking. Yeah. All right. One of the other things I want to talk about the animals and the creation of the animals. I want to talk about the banshees in particular because these are really fantastic creatures. They, they look, they're huge. They look cool. They're riding these things. It's, it's, sure. it's very neat. The inspiration for the Banshee profiles and movements came from sea creatures. So manta rays, great white sharks, and barracudas. So they studied the movements of these and then put that into the movements of the Banshees. Hmm. The wings were inspired by various different birds and bat wings. And then the coloring was inspired by monarch butterflies and dart frogs. Interesting. Dart frogs. Dart frogs. Because they're very colorful. Okay. All right. What was interesting is they were interviewing the guy that was helping create this. And he said they went back and forth and back and forth. Because James Cameron would come in and go, nope, that's too. Go with green. Nope, that's not right. Add more blue back in. And, you know, I mean, just back and forth, back and forth. So a lot of work for everybody involved with this movie. James Cameron has also stated in interviews that this film is not inspired by, and he was not commenting on, any specific war conflicts. He says this is more a strong pro-environmentalist message. That's interesting. And he has this in on purpose because he calls himself a quote-unquote tree hugger. That's interesting because I wrote down, one of my notes here is, this is a climate change story, isn't it? I, I think so. That's interesting. Okay. All right. I can see it. Or at least, you know, pro-environment, you know, taking yeah. care of your surroundings and stuff. Right. The Navi language was created by Paul Frommer. He created a thousand words for this, but they did allow the accent and inflection be influenced by Zoe Saldana. So she had the most words in the Navi language. And so they had her speak it and then everybody else kind of follow her lead on the accent and stuff. Mm. Okay. And the last thing I have is some alternate casting, if you're ready for that. Yeah, wait. Let me take a guess. Michael Bean was going to be in this. He was for Colonel Korch, but James Cameron said, this will be too much like Aliens. I'm not, or Alien. I'm not doing that again. Aliens. Aliens? Mm-hmm. Alien. Okay. One of the Alien movies. <laughs> 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 All right, for Dr. Grace... Jodie Foster or Jamie Lee Curtis? All those would have both been good, I think. But I like Sigourney Weaver. Up on the top of the list of possible potentials was Chris Evans and Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum? <laughs> oh, my God. But or, Look, Sam Worthington, I'm sure, is a nice guy. He's a marginally okay actor. He's not a leading man, I don't think. I don't think he's a guy that you get to be like... I'm, you know, your next movie star. He's not a movie star. And those people are all movie stars. So James Cameron decided to go with Sam Worthington because he's a relatively unknown actor. And he wanted to give the character a more real quality, someone you might go have a beer with. Every man. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think, I don't think that... Sigourney Weaver had worked for James Cameron between Aliens 
in this movie. I think this is the first time she's been that she's worked with him in by that point 20 years 25 years okay 23 years whatever whatever 2009 is to 1986 you know what i mean but jamie lee (laughs) curtis did also work with him on true lies yes there was a little i don't know if it's an homage or what you would call it but do you remember when jake was taking down the the big airplane thing that the Colonel was in yeah. and he slid off the side and then like, it's like hanging off the edge there. Yeah. That, that That's same thing Lies happened in true lives. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I can hear. It. Yeah, sure. 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 Okay. Any other notes that you want to add? Nope. I think I've gone through all my stuff. All right. Well, we, as we do, let's ask the question, Jen, keep renter a race and why? I'm going to keep this one. What? I enjoyed this so much better this time. I sat there and thought about this and thought about this. And was like, why was I always like, this is just a eh, movie. And the only things I can come up with is, one, I was in a different place in my life at that time. Two, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood. Because sometimes if you're not in a good mood and you watch something, that does reflect in your viewing experience. That me with the first Scream movie. I've been there. So I don't really know why, but as I went through this, I was like, I want to see this again. I <laughs> I liked it so much. I wanted to see it again because I wanted to go back and see some of the visuals again on this. Now, I do think that the story itself is a basic story that has been told before. Yeah, it's but, kind of recycled. Yeah. But I feel like he did so much with the visuals and how this was created, and just his own little touches on the story itself, that yeah. it puts me, it puts it into the keep for me. So. Okay, fair enough. All right, how about you? All right, I started out with Rent. Like, when I put this on, I said to myself, I, I in my head, I was thinking, all right, well, this is probably going to end up being a Rent for me, because it's worth seeing once, but as I remember it, the 3D is what made it. But as I was watching the movie, I found myself actually engaged with what was going on. Sure. Not just awed by the visual effects, but engaged with what was happening and actually thinking, oh, that's interesting. I like that they put this kind of environmental message in there. I like that this is a climate change story. Mm-hmm. I like that this is anti-corporate and anti-consumerist like to a degree. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, There is stuff to like in this. And the action is not bad either. The effects hold up. I mean, 13, 14 years now, 13 years from ago that this movie came out. The effects hold up. I like this enough that I do wish I could see it again in 3D. I want to see it in 3D and just kind of re-experience it. I know. I'm thinking I'm I'm not a huge fan of 3D, but I would love to see this in 3D. Well, maybe, I think ma- it would be really cool. I mean, maybe we need to go and see the new one in 3D when I, it's I was actually looking at the theaters around here, <laughs> and I think there's... I think the closest one's maybe an hour away, so we might have to drive an hour. We're gonna to... have to make the trip. <laughs> to We're gonna have to make the 3D. trip. We'll go and see. Now, now, are you excited for Avatar? 2? I am. Look I am you. now excited to Look see at the, the second turn. one. Look at the turnaround. I know. You went from ugh, Avatar two to I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what happened to Jake <laughs> Sully and the Terry. <laughs> I I know it's I, I like I said I cannot put my finger on why 
I had that feeling before. The only thing I could think of is I have grown as a person since then. I think I'm picking up more of the messages now than, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whenever I watched it. I think I watched it in 2010. So what is that, 12 years ago? So I'm, I think I'm picking up more of this. Sure. I have a better appreciation for because of this podcast, of what this art is, like how they made this thing. Oh my is God. impressive, you know? We've done it. <laughs> we've done it. Ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. But I enjoyed the story too. And there was touching things and heartbreaking things. Yeah. And, yep. uh, you know, these creatures that were hunting them, you're still like not wanting them to get wounded because they're these special creatures you've never seen before. And I don't know. I was really into it. I really got into this. So So when we go to Animal Kingdom next summer, when we go to Animal Kingdom, we can go to Avatar Mm -hmm. Land. Pandora. Go to Pandora. Yep. Well, I call it Avatar Land because I call call Harry Potter Harry Potter Land. So, you know. But we'll go to Pandora, the Pandora area of Animal Kingdom, and then you can experience it again. Now, I have been there before. Right. Disney did a really good job with creating the floating mountains and stuff with being in a theme park. I feel like that was a big task to take on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did pretty good. It does look really cool there. And I have been on the The uh, Navi River, River, which was very neat, very visual. Very cool. I have not done Flight of the Passage, and I probably never will because it's a simulation ride, and yeah. I will throw up. So I, I just, I don't feel good after a simulation ride. So right. I probably will never do that. But I've seen videos of it, and it looks super cool. I wish I could handle those rides because I would love to do it. But. So the Flight of the Pass, Flight of Passage must be the Jake's like you, you bonding with a banshee is my guess. Yeah, right? and I think it's called Flight of Passage. If I have the name wrong, I'm sorry, but it, it's you're. I think you're flying on banshees. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I might have to try and get into that. Like I know that when we were there. It had just opened. Right. Last so time we were there, it was really, busy. it was like, wasn't it like over three hours most of the time? Yeah. I'm like, man. <laughs> yeah. But now I think, now I think the Star Wars stuff is going to pull some of the audience from the, uh, the Navi right. stuff. So we, maybe right. we'll be able to get in. Yeah, so. exactly. Anyway, so what are we doing next? All right. Next week, we're going to cover Life. It's the fifth anniversary of the movie Life. Life. So it's our last the- alien themed movie oh. for 2022. Look at that. Ryan Reynolds. In a dramatic role. Yeah. So we we for sure won't get Van Wilder again, is what you're saying. Well, I don't know if I can say that for sure, but no. I would think not. He has two modes. He has his Van Wilder <laughs> mode, which is anything that's not drama, and then he's got his actual acting chops roles. All right. I don't like the Van Wilder stuff. I know I like you don't. The, I like the drama stuff. He's done good drama stuff. Yeah. And way too many copies of Van Wilder, just putting Van Wilder into, like, Deadpool's costume and stuff, you know? I don't have the same opinion of that, so I I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from, but I don't have the same opinion as you, so. (laughs) I'm not asking you to, but. (laughs) So when you say, you know, I'm just like, I hear you. (laughs) Do do you know where I mean, where I am coming from? I I hear you. You hear me. Yes. I I hear you as well. Okay. (laughs) All right, so next week, right here on the couch, Ryan Reynolds, not in person, sadly. I feel like he'd be a good guy, good person to like go get a beer with. 
I think so too. I watched an interview one time. I think it was with him and Jake Gyllenhaal. It came up on a thing. And those two seem like the best buds. Like they laughed through the whole interview. Like they were just <laughs> joking. I'm, I think the person interviewing them was getting annoyed <laughs> because they were just joking and laughing the whole time. So, Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to everybody. We'll see you. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.